Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Steve and Corey Hess. This epic father and son took some time out to join me on the Get Up Nation show to share their insights into resilience. After 21 years with the Denver Nuggets, Steve is now one of the six trainers worldwide who sits on the Under Armour's training council. He's a sponsored athlete by MedRx. He's on the scientific advisory board for Massimo Maisat. In addition to sitting on the scientific facility board for Panoramic Orthopedics and Spine Center, He's been featured on NBA Inside Stuff, All Access with the Mod Rashad, NBA TV, The Eating Network. He has his own workout segment on Altitude Sports and Entertainment Network and has been featured on all Denver major news channels. Steve has two sons, one of which joins us here today. Corey is a guard for the Denver Pioneers and is studying business at the University of Denver. Healthy families face challenges together, so I'm honored that both of you have joined me here to share how you both inspire each other to be the very best you can be. Welcome to Get Up Nation. Yo, thanks, Ben. Don't stop. Keep going, man. I'm <laughs> loving this. <laughs> I'm look, I've been looking forward to talking with both of you and kind of getting your insight into things, and it's unique having such an amazing father and son be on the show here together to kind of play off each other. First, I'll start, Steve, with you. You're revolutionizing the exercise industry. Correct me if this isn't accurate, but you believe that empowering individuals operating at the top of their fields, working together with one ultimate goal in mind, can bring out the best in all of them by creating performance profiles, organizing teams of specialists to determine treatments and programs. You're doing phenomenal things like determining the actual age of muscle, assessing risk, and then deploying plans and tactics that create the optimum set of workouts, treatments, and programs. Tell us a little bit about Panorama Wellness and Sports Institute. So pretty much, again, that's a great hype. We have created an amazing team that has one, one single objective to get people better. So in the realm of the um, exercise world, I've been so blessed to be among it for 35 years. And I've seen the ups and downs. I'm incredibly excited about where it's going. I think we have an amazing young group of individuals who are just capable, wanting to learn. Um, the, one, the one issue I do have is a lot of times I think we go to the side of the industry which glamorizes not necessary truths. And the one thing I'm deep rooted in is we have an objective to help the people we work with. If I get on TV or you see me on a program or whatever, that's a byproduct of what I live for. And I think at Panorama Wellness Sports Institute, we've created a team of individuals who think that way. We've created something called a PTP, which is uh, preparing to perform, 
which is beyond the concept of warm-ups. We have created mm. processes that get the body to function correctly. We have systematized it so we're all on the same page with one single objective. Every single person we touch, we will make better. And if we don't know how, we will find a way how. And this is why we do it. We look for the why in everything we do. We're not always right and we're not always wrong. But if you come see any one of my team or myself, again, I have one objective, get you better. And I don't necessarily think that's how most people think. That's how I know we will succeed because we're about the people. Corey, having a father like this, who's making these statements like this, having this type of impact, I mean, how profound is that for you as you're, you know, seeking to be the best athlete you can be, to be the best young man you can be? How inspiring is that for you? Man, it's super inspiring. It's a, it's a blessing that I, you know, I get a, I get a dad like this because since I've been a, a little kid, you know, he, he would wake me up at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> and we, we would get to work. And nice. that, that's been our life. And, and he's always, always told me that we were chasing greatness. And, right. and that's kind of our, like our, our thing. We want to chase greatness. We want to be the best that we do. So just having a, having a dad like this and having him just be so motivational, you know, anytime I slack off, I have him in my ear. So it's definitely a blessing. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Steve, this must be an exciting new chapter for you. Obviously, you have massively impacted the Denver Nuggets organization with your expertise as their strength and conditioning coach and later as the director of performance. Let's go back to the very beginning and hear about when you were a young man in Cape Town, South Africa, six years old, you were playing cricket, rugby, soccer, you dreamed of doing something in the medical field. Take us back there and then walk us through your journey to Ithaca and beyond. So it was Johannesburg, which is definitely not as glamorous as Cape Town. <laughs> oh, so okay. um, I grew up, no, no, you're good. Uh, at least you got the South Africa right. Both people, Australia, New Zealand. So you killed that, man. Um, so growing up in South Africa, I really was um, geeked about becoming an orthopedic surgeon or working in professional sports from the age of six. And then it kind of, as I got older, like I wanted to go to one country to live and that was America. I really wanted to work with professional athletes. It was like, it wasn't even a dream or was a calling. So I finished my undergraduate, well, I finished high school in South Africa um, and I got a university pass. I don't know how I got a university pass <laughs> because I was a slacker. All I did was play sports. So when that came about, I applied to 22 universities. I got into one or a conditional acceptance and they were like, you had to maintain a 3.6 GPA. Yeah. I'm like, hell I'm doing that. Because when I went to live in London with my dad, he said, you got two options, my dude. You either go to college or I'm not paying for shit. And he didn't pay for anything. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Go to the movies. I had to rob him to go to the movies. So I'm like, nah, I'm done with it. I wanted to get a degree in exercise science. Ithaca College accepted me. Spent my first semester at the London campus, transferred to Ithaca, New York. From Cape Town, I was on vacation in the middle of winter. Never even visited the campus. I walked onto the campus and I'm like, I'm gonna die. This is a world. Then I lived with a music major who I hated him and he hated me. And like we would see each other, I hate you, I hate you. And that was my like, first semester. And I'm like, but I can't quit. Um, so I just sucked it up. You know, only eight thousand kids. I got my undergraduate degree in exercise first. I got my master's in sports med. I, I did my master's thesis on bone mineral density in female trainers. And then I transfer, when you finish your undergraduate degree as a foreign student, you can work in the States for one year. I went to Ithaca because I met a girl, not Ithaca, Colorado, because I met a girl in Ithaca. It lasted two weeks. But then like, hell, I'm in Colorado. I'm staying there. 
worked at the gym 20 years later I'd own. That's why I met my wife. She came back to Ithaca with me. She's, <laughs> now I know she's like, worst mistake I ever made. Got my master's degree. We went back to Colorado. And I, like, as I say, I've never looked back. I worked at Greenwood Athletic Club for four years as their director of personal training. Alan Bristow, who is a general manager, came in one day and said, look, I'm looking for a part-time strength coach for the Denver Nuggets to work for you as well. I'm like, nah, I'm getting this job. And my wife's like, my guy, you know nothing about basketball. So I got a book, Basketball 101. Call these cats every day, convince them that I knew my shit. First guy to walk in was Irvin Johnson. He's like 7'2". I'm like looking at this cat. I'm like, what is this? And he became like one of my best friends. But it was a challenge. And, and like I just do stuff just because it's a challenge. So I locked in. They hired me after I bugged them for three months. Worked that job full-time, this job full-time. My wife stayed married to me, locked it all in, and then 21 years later, decided to take another choice, but just incredibly blessed. Amazing. Yeah, you were working 100-hour weeks, running your own club, working for the Nuggets. That drive within you, where did that come from, that drive? Yo, look, so I got issues. Like, I'm like straight up atomic <laughs> energy. I'm either going to blow shit up or I'm going to turn on the lights. I, you know, I was watching a, a sitcom the other day, Pinky Blinders, and the dude said, they will never, ever be rest for me because if I rest, I will die. Yeah. That's kind of how I roll. I see. So there may be times where I complain about it, but authentically, I can't stop. And then I, I, I got this like motor in my head, which is like I'm sleeping and I'm thinking of shit. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, let me keep going. And, and again, if it's a challenge, I'm in for it. I want to do everything. So that's why I pretty much, I don't stop until I go, I go like two speeds, go to sleep or 700 miles an hour. And that's just how I've been all my life. Excellent. As you know, at Get Up Nation, we're committed to serving individuals, organizations, and communities to develop and sustain resilience. Steve, what have you noticed in your experience is a vital component of resilience that you lean on when you have some adversity? Belief. It's an ingrained belief. Sometimes it wavers, but I, I, I intrinsically know if I'm going into a battle, I know I'm going with myself. Mm. So does that see me through some challenging times? Hell yeah. Now, I'm going to keep it real. It's not always perfect. Yeah. Like, like, again, I worked for the Nuggets, had four more years left of my contract, chose to leave. And I'm like, six minutes, they're, they're, but everything works out the way it's meant to work out. And every decision I make, I make the decision. Now, there are times where I'm like, are you shitting me? What did you freaking do? But I'm always going to get through it because I have an intrinsic belief that I will make it. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate it's not perfect. This is not a perfect video, not a perfect movie. And I have a surrounding of people, including my two sons, my wife, my mom, my sister, my dad, who at times, they, they, they really, really help. So any person who said they made it alone lied. Right. There's specific crossroads in my life that if I didn't have my family, I'm a rap. I'm 100% a rap. But, but I carry that with me. But I also know if I didn't intrinsically have this innate belief in myself, I couldn't be resilient because every roadblock, I crumble, and I don't crumble. Corey, I can't wait to get into your insights to resilience, dealing with you know injury, dealing with the challenges that you faced in your life. But before we get into that, I just want to hear a little bit, Steve, the Blue Sky CBD, Hibachi Family Streetwear. Can you tell me a little bit about these adventures that you're involved in now? I, again, love the segue. We're talking about belief. Yeah. So everything I endorse, I believe. Anything that I own, I believe in. I don't do it to make hundreds of millions. If that comes, I'm in. 
Yeah. But I do it because I have an ingrained belief. When it comes to the Blue, Car- Blue Sky CBD line, we're coming up with a CBD-CBG mixture on a one-on-one ratio, which creates an anti-inflammatory response, which is amazing. I have a deep-rooted belief in this company. Um, I've used this product after surgery. I'm not just fake hyping it. I use it. My whole family uses it. I absolutely love it. I believe in the anti-inflammation that it creates within your body with the bombs and the trinkets. Love it. Do a pre-workout. It's a misnomer that CBD should be taken to sleep. I use a pre-workout. gives me mental clarity. Hibachi brand, my brand is killer. If you ain't with us, we're going to cook you. Uh, that's the premise of it. It's a fun brand. It's for the people. We're about the people. Again, we're just trying to revolutionize the concept of we're in this to win this. And anyone who said, you know, we're, we're just in it to have fun, I love that. I respect it. Just not us. So do we have fun in our process? Yeah, but we're really trying to win. And we're competitive, and we're going to do whatever it takes. So we may not win the first time, the second time, the 47th time, but I don't know how many people who are going to stay with it as long as we will, because I know us. So when people say, try outwork me, I beg you, let anyone, I mean, I'm not the smartest, definitely not the tallest, not the funniest, but I'm telling you, I won't be outworked. And my son's the same way. And the premise of the brand is, we're just going to keep working. And then if you ain't ready for the barbecue, you're going to get burnt. Nice, nice. Oh, I can't wait to get some gear here and get it on my family here, get them on my kids' shoulders. I'm looking forward to that. All right, Corey, I want to focus on you here. When you're younger and considering all that's out there, all that's available to you, what led you to choose basketball and to study business? You know, basketball, I was just around it my whole life. You know, since like two years old, my, my dad had a ball in my hand. And then I would go, you know, I was, at, I was at the Pepsi Center. I was with the Nuggets probably more than I was at school, through elementary school, <laughs> middle school. So, and those guys, they, they all, through my whole life, they were like big brothers to me. They, they took me in. They took me under their wing. So I just fell in love with basketball, just being around it all the time. And then I saw, you know, I saw it at the highest level. So then that, that made me want to work harder to, you know, get, get where they're at and, and live the lifestyle they're living. So my love from basketball just came from just being around it and just falling in love with the game and then all, all the connections and friends. And brothers I made growing up off it just because of the situation I was in. And, and business, ah, man, I, I, love, I love just business because you, you, it's, it's competitive. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like business is very competitive sometimes with yourself, sometimes with others. And it's all about just, you know, trying to, trying to grow and, and just make, make the most money or, or be the best businessman you can be. And I feel like basketball is a very competitive sport against other people but i feel like the business aspect you got to sit back you got to look at numbers you got to push yourself to be the best businessman you can be so it's a little more competitive so get the best of both worlds yeah nice your father he possesses a profound understanding of how the body works and how to get the best performance out of it as you grew and developed what were some of the ways that your father helped you understand how you can access the best within your body he had me probably when i was in elementary school warming up before every game when the kids would just go out and start playing basketball. I would get so mad. Like, Dad, do I really need a stretch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, I I was like, he he always made sure no matter how hard the training would get, you know, right now, being being a D1 athlete or through high school or even before that, always make sure no matter how hard the training get that, you know, the body is your temple. So you have to take care of the body. 
So, so you can't play, you can't do what you love. So just having that and then just having his training, you know, having, having it done the right way my entire life. Not one thing he, he forced, not, but everything he knew so well that I was like, you, yo, I'll do what you say. Tell me what to do. I know my body's in great hands. I know you'll make me the best athlete that I can be. Wow. So it's just, it, like I said, it's the best of, best of all worlds in that, in that situation. Amazing. I love seeing the videos on social. Corey, you're out there working out in the snow. <laughs> Father's out there, you know, investing yeah. in you constantly to like seek, you know, to improve, to grow, to build, to succeed. How are you locking into your passions? Like your father working a hundred hour weeks, he's getting involved in the nuggets. He's running his own club. How is your passion unfolding in your life as a young man? You know, with me, I get my competitive competitiveness from my dad and I just want to be the great at whatever I do. The great, like, I just want to be the best. If that's, you know, playing basketball, I want to be the best at it. I want to dominate anyone in front of me. If I want to be the best at school, I'm, I'm going to sit down and, and do homework for hours on end. If I want to be the best friend or whatever it is, whatever I do, I want to be the best in. And, you know, growing up, we, we always said how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I really believe if I don't, if I don't get my 100%, get my all in everything I do or one thing I do, then everything can unfold that way. Mm-hmm. So really, I just I just know that I have this competitiveness in myself that I just want to be great at whatever I do. If that causes me to get two hours of sleep or having this man yell at me or <laughs> run in the snow, I'll, I'll do it. I just want to be the best. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So when things get hard, when things get difficult, when you get bad news, when the score is not the score that you want and you're digging deep to try to deal with, you know, what is this challenge in front of me? How does your mind work in that space where, you know, you took that kick in the teeth and right when you're feeling that pain, where does your mind go? What do you do at that moment? Right. You know, a lot like my dad, it's it's a big belief for me. It's always believing in yourself, you know, believing, believing in God. If you believe in that, whatever you believe in is just knowing knowing yourself knowing everything will be all right and really never getting too high never get too low because it's super easy when stuff is great you can be on cloud nine you can be super excited but then when stuff turns you have a big dip i really try to you know stay pretty neutral and just take everything that comes to me and, and read the situation then react and not just respond so i feel like i feel like you're able to do that you won't you won't ever get too too sucked into the dark days or the bad things that happen that's excellent insight. I love that. And I wanted to ask you too, for some insight into the effects of COVID-19 on young athletes' lives. What are some of the challenges that you and your teammates have faced during this COVID-19 and how you're growing together and growing stronger because of it? And a whole bunch. You know, before we, we just started, when we started the basketball season, we probably had a couple weeks together. We were in cohorts. We, we were split up. We couldn't really hang out off the court. So it, it was tough, but you know, when, you, when you're all chasing one goal, no matter if you're together or, or separate, we all know that we have to put the work in. So we, we had guys, including myself, you know, that would wake up at 5 a.m. And, and go on runs together. It, it did a lot of team building, but it was all just working on our craft and knowing that we want to be the best that we can. And now, like, like you said, it, it's definitely tough. But just knowing that we are all trying to achieve the, like one goal, we are all going to be smart. We won't we won't go to we won't even hang out with people. It seems like we're in quarantine all the time because we know we're chasing this goal and we won't, won't let anything get in, get in the way of it, especially with everything going on with COVID. So we really just had to put our head down and get to work. No matter, no matter what's going on, we just had to stay focused and, and grind through. 
Love it. Love it. There is a drive within us that craves to be tested, right? That craves an opponent to bring out our very best or, or that gives us an experience, you know, where we're challenged and to become better than we are. Will you share one story from each of you of how you had something very difficult happen and it made you better? So my junior year of high school, so a couple of years ago, I, I tore my ACL going into my junior year, actually playing, playing club basketball, you know, where there's two minutes left in the game. We're up 30. This is just a dirty foul from a team out of state when I had a wide open layup. And he took me out. I tore my ACL, both my meniscuses, sprained my MCL, completely, completely took out my knee. Wow. Um, and, and that, so after hearing the news that, you know, I, I had this traumatic injury, I had to get surgery and I'm going to be out for, you know, nine months to a year. I had to really step back and just almost refine the love I had for the game of basketball because I won't be able to play for so long. But, you know, me and my dad had a long conversation after that happened. And we knew that we couldn't really look at the big picture in the moment because when something when something crazy happens, it's tough to, you know, look at the big picture and all the work and everything that lays ahead of you. You could get lost in it. So we were like, all we can do is control what we can control. We're going to go in every day and just try to dominate the day. So that's what we did. You know, we started off, we'd wake up, like 4 a.m. every day before school, get a workout in. I'll go to school. After school, we'd, we'd go get a lift in after school, and I'd be hobbling on on the crutches. Wow. Then that night, we'd go back, and I'd be sitting sitting from a chair five feet from the basket just shooting. Wow. And it was just really doing that for almost, you know, we, we, we kept getting better, and then I got off crutches, started running and all that. But it, it was hard work. But the main thing was just keeping your mental locked in. I mean, we really had to focus on, we can't, we can't worry about things we can't control. We can't think long-term. Just going every day, go control what you can, just, and just work to get better. Just get 1% better each day because it's all going to pay off. So really that, you know, it, it, it redefined the love I had for basketball. It made me way more passionate about it because I didn't have it for a year. And then it, it made me realize more, more of myself and who I am and kind of help, help my, you know, it was tough, but help at the end. End of the day, it, it made me more positive and just helped my overall attitude and how to look at life. You know, I've had my, my fair share of injuries and I probably rehabbed, uh, I think, probably 15 pro athletes, uh, nine ACLs. So you asked me the most traumatic thing I've been through and come through the other end, definitely Corey's injury. You know, it's like, I don't even like like discussing it because like I'm under the hoop when it happens and I, and I saw it and I knew what happened and they had to hold me back because I was t- telling the refs. But anyway, I, I went over to the other side. I mean, I... I want to just fight and then yeah. I know what goes in and then like then when you see your kid right. like lose ah, this shit so you'll see you see your kid lose losing shit and you like yo I'll take that and you can't control it and then you you know the work you got to go in like yo I, w- I was done I would have dreams about it for three months afterwards like freaking like the worst nightmares and then but that being said getting through it watching him do what he did. You know, people are like, he'll be like, you're lucky. I'm like, no, you got the suede. I'm lucky. I learned more from him than he could ever learn from me. Wow. The way he attacks shit, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is, this is crazy. This dude is a stone cold killer. I got so much respect for the shit he does that I've been around a ton of athletes and I've been around superstars, coaches, GMs, CEOs, owners. He is a stone cold killer. And here's why. Because he's a compassionate, caring individual who does everything at 300%. So if I said to this little dude, go shoot, and I forgot about him, four hours later, he'd still be shooting. We would rehab, I'm telling you, four times a day. 
We would never take days off. We would go to the, I mean, and then the same thing. He would hype me, like, why did you, like, this is what it's going on. And then we're so alike. We would hit roadblocks and it, it, it was crazy. This is the most unbelievably directed, motivational individual that I've ever met. And I got to spend a year with him. And he ain't even telling you there was a condal deficit that they wanted to read. I mean, there's so much stuff that he's not even telling. And he sucked it up and he locked it in. Here's the other thing too. I'm going to hype it up because this is more about him than me. While he's doing this, he's still maintaining a 3-9 grade point average. Wow. And this, the, the, the dude ain't a genius. He works his ass off. While he's doing this. Now, this shoe is all me. I'm done. I'm like, I am. And this is a freaking 16-year-old young man. Amazing. So so what did it teach me? Yo, shut up uh, and, and get on with your shit. Because if this dude can do it, you better do it. Wow. So it gave me a whole appreciation for the whole rehab game. Wow. It gave me an unbelievable appreciation for my son and my family and how they supported it. And here's the thing. Then when he comes around and the dude gets into a D1 university, yeah. I'm like, like, thank you, God. I'm like, this is, this is freaking, this is what we live for. We live for our kids to get through adversity and become better men. And, I, and again, when I was with the Nuggets, you got you to understand, I was on the road seven months out of the year. I didn't even know my kids. I got to witness the, this, this comeback that is a bit, yo, he put four inches on his vert. He crushed his times. He put 10 pounds of weight on. When he came back, he couldn't make a layup because he would overshoot it because he was so much bigger and stronger. That's exception. Then when situations arise, he's always ready. So he's able to maintain whatever he does. So when, when shit comes up, we give us an interview, whatever you want to do. We're believing, we're not waiting. We've got nothing to wait for. We can just give you what we have. And he keep reading, you know, there'd be times where, I'd question my whatever. He'd be like, yo, shut up, my guy. You know, it's like we're just in it. So, so you say to me, it, it ain't even close. You get to witness your son creating greatness in front of you. What's better than that? Amazing. Amazing. I'm getting chills from hearing you talk. And I know that people listening to this and watching this are also experiencing that. There's a lot of families where there's a lot of challenges right now. People are overwhelmed. Parents and children are having a lot of relationships that are under stress. What is some insights that you have, this mutual respect you have for each other? What are insights you have that could you tell a struggling family out there right now whose father and son aren't as tight as you are, whose father and daughter aren't as tight as you are, whose mother and son aren't as tight as you are? Can you give them a nugget of of truth and hope to help them understand how they can better improve their relationship so that they can experience a taste of what you guys have experienced. Jim Carrey, and I'm going to mess up this quote, said he wished everyone could be rich and famous so they would understand it's not as good as they thought it was. So here's what I'm going to tell every struggling parent out there. I can't come from a kid perspective because I'm a parent. I lived my whole life in the NBA, 21 years, from the time I was 25 till I was freaking 40, 47, whatever it is. I missed my kids growing up. The most amazing feelings I've gotten as of late is with my kids and my wife. And I missed all of that. This COVID is disastrous, but you have a time to be in the moment with your kids. In the moment. It'll never, ever happen again. You can't look at the negative that surrounds you. You got to understand your kid is going to leave. When he's 20, it's a wrap. You have, this is the only time with, with, so as a parent, you got to sacrifice everything to spend as much. 
yo, play Monopoly, which I hate, with your freaking kids, <laughs> just to be with them. Watch. But what I'm saying to you is you can't lose you can't lose moments of tough situations by thinking, oh, well, it'll get better. You're in the moment. You're with your family. Listen, here, here's a, the only shit that matters is your family. That is it. We spend so much time with the people at our funerals, but not enough time with the people carrying my casket. Hell no. I'm rocking with the people carrying my casket. I'm looking at COVID and I'm like, my son and I were able to get up 3 a.m. in the morning, go do our shit. 3 a.m. every morning, we, we rocked it out. We never stopped. Here's the other thing. We're in a tough situation. Lock into a routine. If your nutrition is good, your hydration is good, you're doing some form of exercise, you feel better about yourself. But if you're not, you've got to find a way to be happy in whatever you do. That is happiness. If you're waiting for a situation to change for you to be happy, you won't be happy. That's right. So people say this whole COVID, oh, when it ends, all of a sudden you'll be happy. You've got two choices in life, right. good or bad. Happy or sad. I don't believe in balance. There's no such thing as steady state. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. So if you choose not to be happy because of COVID, those are the same people that are going to not be happy in any situation. It's a tough situation. You've got to turn it around. I promise you, the same people that complain to you about COVID, and it sucks, and I freaking hate it, but I will not complain, and I will roll on with life, are the same people that will complain to you about Netflix. The same people that will complain to you about McDonald's, but eat it. The same people that will complain to you about their kid, but it's their kid. So stop complaining, dig deep, and if you're a parent, lead by example. Stop feeling sorry for you. You can't. You don't have the luxury. Still, you don't have the luxury. Now, people may say I'm insensitive. I'm saying, look, you got to do whatever you can. You have to. This is your life. You have to find a way to be happy in any situation. Have to. Just like you said, it's if it's not this, it's that. If it's not that, it's this. We lose out on the present moment. We don't even live the life we've been given. We miss out on our children. We miss out on the present moment, things that mean so much. We talk a lot with cancer survivors on the show and, and people who had their, their life was this far away from being lost. And the things that they enjoy are little, tiny, beautiful things, little moments of when the sun comes through the window, the way the breath feels in their lungs after they've been through chemotherapy and radiation. Those people learn to live in that moment, and you guys are living in that moment. You you say, I don't care what's out there. I don't care if it's cancer, a basketball opponent, it being the snow that you're jumping through. You don't care what it is. You guys are attacking it. You're getting after it. You're getting up three in the morning, and you, you will share bonds and memories that no one can ever take from you. You will have, have experienced life and growth that, that no one can ever take from you. And you'll always be able to have those fond memories of that bonding together. It has been an honor to have you on the show. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. If it'll be all right with you, we'll go like back and forth in this for these six questions. If you're willing to run through these with me. 100%. Who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for my family. No, like, like, like he was kind of getting that blood is way thicker than water. So I'm just thankful for my, my parents, my brother, and anyone else I call family because they supported me since, since day one. Uh, of course, I'm thankful for my family, but I'm God on a limb. I'm particularly thankful for my wife at this time because she's going through some hard stuff and, and she still shows up. So I'm really thankful for my wife. Amazing. Now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Ah, oh, man, I'm thankful just to wake up, wake up every morning, do what I love, be, be placed in an opportunity where I get great education, 
have a great house over my a roof over my head. I get food on my plate and I, I get to play the sport I love. So I'm just thankful for the situation I'm in. Awesome. I'm incredibly thankful to be able to create impact. You know, I had a day today where three people said to me, and I had one individual that this individual ran for the first time off the ACL and lost her share because she's an athlete, just started balling. And I'm just like, this is why I do what I do. So I'm so incredibly thankful that I can have a percentage in someone's life and can make impact. That's what I'm thankful for today. Love it. How do you fuel the fire within you? Oh, man. <laughs> How do I feel the fire? Just, ooh, ah, man. I think really all it is, is knowing who you are, wanting to get the best out of yourself at anything that you do. And I think like I, like I went about earlier, just wanting to push yourself to, to do, do the best that you can. You fuel my fire today. Corey did. Situations did. Here's how I fuel my fire. I continuously believe I got to keep evolving. I got to be adaptive, creative. If I continually evolve, I will know nothing. Then I got to continually learn. It sucks because you can never be right. You can never be a guru. But if I do that, I'm, I'm like, like, I want more. I want more. Um, I want to win everything I do. I want to learn everything I don't know. So, so I believe this continual search for evolution is what fuels me. Amazing. Amazing. What is one thing adversity taught you to value? Ooh, my adversity, either like, like I said, injury, death, all that. I feel like the adversity I've been through really, really taught me just to enjoy every day and, and try to be happy. Like, like my dad was saying earlier, you, you never know what situations may arise. So you got to take the best out of everything. Even if it's a terrible situation like COVID, you got to almost look at it like, like as corny as it may sound, uh, glass half full, you know, because you never know when, when your last day may be. You never know when the, your family or your friends. So you, you want to enjoy life, roll with the punches and just, just try to be positive and happy. Love it. So that is Corey's answer would be pretty much mine. So I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> Cause then he's going to tell me I'm stealing his swag. Like I stole his tattoo. So I'm not stealing. His swag. So I'm going to simplify it. At this point in time, what I've come to understand fully, every tough situation I've gone through, family is the only people I go to. So this has taught me to value family above everything. He has a tattoo that says FOE family over everyone. I will not get it because then I'm going to never hear the end of it. So I'm not stealing his swag. Excellent. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? Oh, man. What am I doing today that I have never thought I could? You know, today, math class was tough. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I think today <laughs> I'm, I'm being able to use my voice on a, on a bigger platform. I feel like that's something a lot of people want to do and almost dream of doing, just being able to use use their voice and get on something, something like uh, as amazing as this and just – Share, share their story and hopefully make an impact on someone else's life just by your story and, and what you've been through. So that, that, that's, that's it for me. So what I'm doing today that I didn't think I would ever be able to do is uh, take a backseat to my son. So I look at his accomplishments of where, what he's achieved, both my sons right now, and they've accomplished so much more at their young age. And I'm so excited to take a backseat and sit there like this. Yep, that's my son. And I'm also cool with the Bentley and the new house. But right now, I'm blessed to take a black backseat and look at my wonderful young man and understand what a great job my wife has done. And these are two unbelievable human beings. And I'm just blessed. And then what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? Man, I think I want to really 
put every everything I do in perspective from just focusing on everything like school, sport, and and really narrowing everything I, I do and taking taking stuff that I may not like and, and finding the positive out of it. Cause I feel like with me, I do a great job of being happy and looking at the positive big picture in my life. But I really want to narrow down and just go through the day and just just know why why I'm grateful for certain things. You know, even like the coffee I'm able to drink in the morning, just going through and, and realizing everything. And, and everything I have and just being grateful for that and just being in the moment and just really have all, all, all my senses be there in the moment with me and just realizing that for me. I feel like that's something I've never done. I want to I wanna focus on that and, and do that. This is a really thought-provoking interview. So thank you, Get Up Nation. So here's what I'm going to do tomorrow, which I haven't done before. I'm going to simplify my thought process. I'm a complex thinker and I go down a road which sometimes it's very hard for me to get out. I'm going to simplify my thought process, and here's why. I have a huge meeting tomorrow, and through a simplified thought process, I'm going to crush it. And what I'm going to do in the crush of it, I'm not going to approach it the same way I normally would because I overthink, I overtalk, I overanalyze. I'm going in there and crushing it by just simply stating, this is what I do. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. All right. How can people learn more about you and your amazing work and businesses and, and all of the things? How can people learn more about everybody here on this podcast? Oh, you know, you can get me on my socials. My Instagram handle is at Corey, K-O-R-E-Y dot Hess, H-E-S-S. You know, I post a little bit on there, but you can kind of see just my basketball journey and the things I do. Then you can you know, go watch, go watch our Denver, our University of Denver games, and watch us get a get a few doves here and there before the before the season ends. So that that's where you can find me. Excellent. So what you can do is to find me, search me on Instagram. I think it's Steve Thirteen Hess, Twitter Steve One Hess, um, Hibachi Family. That's my brand. We're taking over the whole world. I love blue blue sky. Get thirty percent of everything you do. But generally, if you look at my Instagram. It's an authentic insight into my life. And people are like, oh my God, you have the greatest life ever. Understand, we glamorize the shit we take and we still try to get the correct lighting. And so this is not my exact life, uh, but, but I'm proud of it because it's authentic. Same with Facebook, same with Twitter. Panorama Institute, you can get us on the website. We're amazing. If you're in Denver, come to Highlands Ranch, Plaza Drive, you'll walk in, you'll be like, holy shit, this is the Taj Mahal. Uh, Panorama Orthopedic and Spine, best doctors on the planet. I'm blessed. I love that we're on the show. You are awesome. I love my family. It's a good day today. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a great time. And all those social links and handles will be in the show notes below. Make sure you check them out. Follow, subscribe, like what they're doing. They'll make you a better human being if you pay attention. And so thank you, gentlemen, for being on Get Up Nation and for teaching us all how to get up when life knocks us down. <laughs>